There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10 and Grant's microbiome. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, retired NYPD sergeant with 20 years of ser- 27 years of service. And with me today, retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing today, Phil? Pretty good, Billy, and welcome back. Welcome back to the real world. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it is sort of a shock when you're in, like, paradise and you come back. And not that I don't love to live... Uh, where I live, but I was literally in, uh, in paradise. I could show you, you know, some of these pictures I, I showed there's one of them, me in a boat. There's my son with two barracudas catching it. Just the, just, it's just an incredible, incredible, uh, paradise there. Anyway, let's get back to, uh, I'm so happy to do a show. I felt I was going to, uh, not doing a show withdrawal, you know, even doing the shows on my phone's not the same thing. You know, Phil, whenever I see these, um, these inmate escapes, it really, gives me pause because it's there's always negligence in my mind. And in this, I think there's gross negligence. And here's this woman, uh, Vicki White, who was a 16 or 17-year correctional veteran with an over-two-year relationship with this state prison inmate who she'd actually gone to state prison to visit. And that doesn't pop off, uh, not just pop a red flag, explode a red flag in your face and then there's also in some of these um, newspaper articles, there was some clandestine telephone calls. There's no such thing as clandestine telephone calls to a prison inmate. Every single phone call is monitored and it's listed and who called them is listed and they can record it. So nonsense. But this is what scares me. The public is put at this great risk. This guy's a savage. You know, this guy's six foot nine, 260. He's killed before. And here he is. Is this this prison guard escapes with this savage, and and now they got an AR-15, a shotgun, and probably another a nine millimeter handgun, and now because of the lax policies of prisons, the public is put at tremendous tremendous risk. Billy, uh, first off, right out of the box, <laughs> this is really an odd situation. I mean, a correction officer that's sworn to protect and, you know, uh, is guarding inmates, uh, apparently winds up in a relationship with this guy that's sentenced to 75 years for a murder. He hasn't even gone on trial for, he's sentenced to 75 years on other things. Um, he's wait- awaiting trial on a murder of a 58 year old woman that was stabbed to death. Um, I saw conflicting reports on whether or not she actually went to visit him. I saw a report that said she traveled two hours to a jail, another jail to visit him. However, I did see that there was a correction on that. But here's the most important thing. The sheriff that's in charge of the investigation, Rick Singleton, Rick Singleton says that there was a romantic relationship between the two. So if there's obviously uh, a known fact that uh, there's, contact between an inmate and a correctional officer, that's a red flag. I mean, uh, it, it clearly should have been uh, dealt with 
before it got to this point. And the real scary part about this whole thing is obviously, you know, maybe this is a woman who uh, never found love and this guy, you know, coaxed her into a relationship and, and he probably said all the right things to her. Uh, he's got nothing to lose, but she owns an AR-15 a shotgun and a pistol. So there's three firearms at least that we know of that they could be armed with. And they're God knows where in the country. Uh, it's a really scary situation. I think the public at large has been placed in danger based on the, uh, the ridiculous, uh, uh, the ridiculous, you know, moves by this corrections officer. So yeah, it, it's very, very shocking, Billy. I agree with you on that. Let's play a little bit of, um, ABC News's take on this. Authorities have joined the search for an Alabama murder suspect who vanished along with a female corrections officer. Tonight, there are new questions about whether that officer was involved in the escape. ABC's Elwin Lopez has the very latest. Tonight, the nationwide manhunt in Alabama for an inmate accused of capital murder and a corrections officer. Lauderdale County Assistant Director of Corrections Vicki White and inmate Casey White, who are not related, vanished Friday. The sheriff says she told the jail around 9.30 that morning that she was escorting the inmate to court before going to see her doctor. And I can tell you that every employee in this office is shocked uh, that she's missing and uh, that this has happened. Vicki White taking Casey White by herself in a patrol car, breaking department policy, which requires two deputies. By late afternoon, both were missing. Her car found later that day in a parking lot at a nearby shopping center. And news tonight, the sheriff saying that day was also her last day at work, turning in retirement paperwork just 24 hours before. Authorities now saying that there was no scheduled court appearance for that inmate and no doctor's appointment for Vicki. We're pretty well convinced that she assisted Casey White escape. Really, the question we are, have lingering is, did she do that willingly? Or was she somehow coerced or forced to, to help him? The sheriff calling the officer an exemplary worker with nearly 17 years at the department and saying that as part of her job, she frequently interacted with inmates. This all comes as a shock to the family of Connie Ridgway, the woman who Casey White confessed to killing in 2015 while serving 75 years for a crime spree. How is that even possible for someone with his rap sheet to be able to, to get out that easily? And Lindsay, the U.S. Marshal Service has taken on the case and they are now offering up to a $10,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of Casey White. And authorities are urging anyone who spots the six foot nine inmates to contact law enforcement. Lindsay, Elwin, thank you. You know, Phil, I have a, I have a question here. And of course, I'm from the police department. I'm not a correctional officer. My question is, how does one correction officer sign out a six foot nine, 260 pound inmate? Oh, yeah, I'm going to take this big savage out with me. We're going to go on a field trip. Uh, how, and they said she violated procedure, but how is it possible that she was able to violate procedure? Is there no boss there? Is there no stopgap to make sure someone doesn't remove a six foot nine inch savage who's eligible for the death penalty for his next case? Like, how is that possible? I have a hard time understanding that. And that's where I think the public really needs to say, wait, what are the procedures of this jail? And of course, they're all, and they're all shocked. Oh, my God, she's an exemplary. How did all of this happen? Horrendous shit. You know, two years, a two-year relationship. 
She goes to visit him in a state prison. One of the things you have to know that if you visit someone in state prison, you have to sign an, an, a log. They take your picture. It's not like, oh, go right in. It's not like that. You have to sign in. And then if you're a correctional officer, your job should be getting notified that, hey, so-and-so who works for you just visited this guy. That would The police department, God forbid you visited someone in a state prison without authorization. It would ring so many bells that you'd have so many cheese cheese investigators visiting you. You wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't know what to do with all the cheese. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think the way that she architect the I'm going to call it an escape uh, was she, what she did was she was in charge or she was with other deputies that were transporting other prisoners. So she sent two out. She sent the other two out and then she was by herself. This is what I read. And then she decided to go by herself to take him. Uh, it was either to a court date or a psych evaluation, whatever it was. So she architected in a way that she left herself being the only person that was around to transport him. Now, obviously she should have waited for one of the other deputies to come back or another correctional officer to, to come and, and, you know, to aid her, uh, department policy or correctional officer, a correctional department policy in that area was that with someone his size, uh, he's a high value inmate. I mean, he's not in for shoplifting. He's in for murder. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's a maximum security individual. It was that there needs to be two deputies present at all times during transport. So again, you're making all the points, Billy, this is really red flags all over the place. I think there's going to be heads uh, rolling after this uh, based on the fact that she was allowed to get this, uh, you know, this real career criminal, uh, you know, guy that's sentenced all that time in jail. And it's kind of obvious that she's now armed him. I mean, if she's got a gun in there in the same room, wherever they are, he's got access to that firearm. So now you have an armed uh, fugitive that's uh, he's really got nothing to lose at this point really developing over the weekend when we had a, uh, a, a escaped inmate out of the Lauderdale County Jail, a inmate that was being taken for a mental health evaluation at a county courthouse. Look, you could see him with those ears. He's a nut. You know, guys don't get ears like that because they're sane. You know what I mean? He looks like the nutcase that he is, you know? He has a bit of a Manson look to him. Yeah. County facility to the other. And the person who was responsible for that transfer, for, for that transportation, is Vicki White, there on the right side of your screen, said to have no relation to Casey White, despite having the same last name. That was one of the comments that came up immediately in our Facebook Live and YouTube Live comment section, asking people asking, is there any chance that these two are related, having the same last name of White? The last name of White, I looked it up, top 25 most common last names, you'll find it. Uh, as far as the last name being white. So it's a relatively common last name is white. So uh, no relation, according to uh, the sheriff's office there uh, in Northwest Alabama, but still a lot peculiar about this story. And now we have this news about this, uh, this video, the surveillance video that captured them. I want to make sure that I have this right. So I'm going to read this here from my notes. They were seen leaving around 930 in the morning, seen leaving, of course, the county jail. The patrol car was found uh, not too far away, and then a, a surveillance camera captured them uh, at a shopping center, the Florence Square Shopping Center, or near there. That's where the patrol car was found. Never made it to the courthouse where this, again, there was supposed to be this transportation for this, you know, this mental health evaluation. And uh, this, uh, this surveillance video that has them 
um, a couple of blocks away without the patrol car. So the big question right now, uh, of course, is where are they? They have no idea. You just heard it there from from the sheriff's uh, press conference. They have no idea where Vicki White and Casey White are located. Um, but, of course, they are believed to be together. Uh, you have to expect them to be armed and dangerous, according to the U.S. Marshals. Scary? You bet. You bet it's scary. And I'm just going to say something right now. And I know you and I have made some really accurate predictions in the past. This is not going to end well. Oh, all right. It's going to end with him being Swiss cheesed by the federal marshals because, you know, he's not going to go down peacefully. And one other thing that may happen, and I know others in law enforcement may not, others that are not in law enforcement may not consider this. He may just murder her once she doesn't become convenient for him to have around anymore because this guy's a psycho. Well, whatever their plan was, uh, apparently there's been calls from uh, co-workers and stuff, you know, just to give it up to turn yourself in. So the first, uh, you know, second that she intimates that, you know, maybe this wasn't a great idea. I'm going to turn myself in. I think her life is probably going to be in danger at that point. And again, you made the point. He may have had the, the plan the whole time to get rid of her. You know, he doesn't need baggage. Uh, to get away. Now, she sold her house at a very di discounted am amount. Uh, the market value was was almost double, I believe, recently. She purchased a car recently. Now, they put out the car and apparently they've dumped that uh, orange. It was a orange Ford Edge, I believe. So, uh, you know, they're on the run. They, apparently, they have some money, but we know that this is not going to end well. They're either going to be captured or killed. Uh, it's just a matter of time at this point. I mean, you know, uh, they put out sketches to show, a, you know, next to a vehicle, uh, just how big he is as opposed to, I think she's five, five and he's six foot nine. So he towers over her. I mean, that's a foot and a half taller. So they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a mutton Jeff as we call it, uh, Billy. And, uh, they're going to be easy to spot their pictures being circulated all over the place. He may change his appearance. She may change hers, but it's only going to be a matter of time. I mean, he's got that distinctive tattoo on his right arm, takes up his whole arm. It's like a sleeve tattoo. You got to watch oh, this video. This is the video of her getting him and bringing him to the car. Just check this out. Yeah, very nonchalant, I would say. Video on the screen is showing this six foot nine inch inmate handcuffed to the front, shackled by the feet. Her putting him in the um, the um, left rear passenger seat, and then her nonchalantly. And when she walked him to the car, she turned her back on him. So clearly, she had no concern whatsoever that he was uh, a threat to her at all. And then she Anytime I escorted a prisoner, if I was by myself, you know, going into central booking or whatever, whatever you would have, I would always have a hand on the prisoner and I would kind of make the prisoner lead. I wouldn't lead the prisoner. You know, I want him in front of me. He's behind me. He can, you know, put his arms around my neck and choke me. Phil, out. I always overcompensated. If the guy, if I felt the guy was a threat to me, like, you know, one of these jailhouse jacks with 22 inch arms, I would t get one or two other cops. Hey, walk of this course. guy. To the 
Well, I had no pride. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say, oh, I can handle this guy. No, this guy was just, you know, doing two thousand push-ups a day for ten years. You know what I mean? So I had, I would always err on the side of safety. And one of the things I always did in a prisoner escort, I did it by the numbers. I sat in the back with the prisoner. I, when cops oh. did not do that, it drove me. Phil, you know as well as I do, there were cops were killed not doing that. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they, they got killed because they didn't follow procedure. Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. I was away, guys, in, uh, for a while, and uh, we're coming back and doing a show. I'm so happy to do a show. I missed it. I miss Philly. And uh, Sons of Italy, I, I'm sure you must be a fan of Phillies. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Uh, um, just, I'm just saying, the problem with the case is the DBOB don't blab on blue policy. I've seen it happen so many times as a retired Fed. IA is having a field day. I'm just saying you could be 100% correct. We're going to cover all of that. F folks, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, please go to our YouTube, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. Uh, you want to support us, you can join our Patreon. We have three different levels. And if you want to be a member of our family, our YouTube family, go on our YouTube family to see the folks in the green font. Hit that uh Join us, one of our five levels on YouTube. You know, for, oh, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys, I just got a notification from Facebook, and they're saying, they told me they're not going to be covering my podcast anymore. Wow, so, really? yeah, uh, so I will just now be going live on YouTube. I also put it on Anchor or on nine listening sites. I don't know why um, uh, Facebook is doing that. Uh, Facebook is, is a very strange uh, company. And they're not they're not going to be doing it. So we're going to just so you folks that are on Facebook, this is why I'm telling you this. Uh, you're going to have to watch us on YouTube, which is probably better off for us anyway. But so watch us on YouTube, get used to it, and uh, you know we we won't have any problems. But if you yeah, I, I was just but you could also get a notification as well. So if you're interested in the show, you're a fan of the show, you hit the subscribe button, you get the notification. So when we go on the air, boom, you're going to get a notification. Yeah, and, and and you know, getting back to this, and the the uh, the the, uh, the uh, guy uh, right here, um, just saying, um, just saying, you're right. You know, uh, I think sometimes you get lax. You know, Philly and I were just talking about how with prisoner transport, sometimes on the NYPD, and especially, I hate to say it, especially detectives got lax, and they sometimes during the arrest process would get friendly with the perp. And they felt that they could trust them or something, and they let him sit in the back seat by himself. No, no, okay. no. I, I, I never would do that, you know. And it actually cost two detectives their lives on the Grand Central Parkway in the nineties. I, I don't know the officers' names. I don't want to disparage them, but the the perp was sitting in the back. Somehow he got a hold of a gun while he was uh, in Queen Central booking. They he was somehow got into a police locker room. And got a gun. And when they got him, once he was on the Grand Central Parkway, he pulled that gun and killed both of them. So I understand I'm just saying what you are I'm just saying. You're right. And especially, I mean, correction officers, you can understand how a correction officer could get what we call Stockholm Syndrome, you know, uh, in the fact that they identify with the person who is their captor and uh, just a horrendous horrendous situation and look who it endangers it's so so endangers the public the only i think uh good positive that will come out of this or that i find a positive 
is the Fugitive Enforcement Division is the very best. We have the very best Fugitive Enforcement Division in the world. They're, they're feds. They're federal, but they usually work with locals. And Marshals they're amazing. Work on Those guys are amazing. They know how to find people. Trust me. Now, let's Phil, let's talk about a little bit. Uh, Vicki White, 16. Yeah, she let's just talk recently, about her. Let's talk she had recently her. lost her husband, apparently. So is that an excuse? Uh, no, but it's a, we can understand the human condition. She just recently lost her husband. She sold her house supposedly for half of what it was worth. If that wasn't an exploding red flag, um, she she put up retirement papers in. She was officially retired the next day after this occurred. Um, she bought a used car that was going to be their escape vehicle. So there were many, many red flags. And just we're seeing just the obvious ones now. How about the people that worked with her? Did they see the not so obvious ones to us, but they saw them because they worked with her? You know, Billy, uh, I read that she's divorced. I read that she's a widower. She apparently has no children. 17-year veteran. She's got a 17-year tenure in the correction department. Four times employee of the year. Spotless record. So, uh, again, there must be a component of loneliness in there. Uh, He used... Uh, deception. He he gained her confidence. He told her how much he loved her. Probably, maybe she was a very lonely woman. Maybe no one ever really uh, heartfelt told uh, this woman that she was loved by them, and uh, she was able to be conned into this uh, this horrible situation. And you know, uh, like you said, she not only placed herself in grave danger. She put the public at large in green da- grave danger. And uh, it sounded to me, uh, I saw the, the uh, one of the reports from Sheriff Rick Singleton, that uh, they think that these firearms, these three firearms I talked about, the AR-15, the shotgun, and the pistol, that they're with her because she moved next door when she sold the house to her mother's home. And it would have been very easy to search the mother's home and see if the guns were there. So it sounds like they're pretty confident that uh, they're armed and dangerous. Uh, again, you brought up the Stockholm syndrome. That's something that probably did take place over a number of hours and days and and, and time over the two year period. And he convinced that his do this thing. And I mean, I mean, there's really just uh, it's a futile attempt at escape. It's not gonna it's not gonna result in them uh, living living happily ever after. I think uh, you know that's fables and 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 uh, you know fairy tales uh, if you think that way. So it's just gonna be a matter of time. It sounds like she was a very lonely woman. And was conned into this uh, very odd and, and very peculiar behavior. Peter Rabbit, due to his size, I think he has some glandular problem in his brain, which could then be a brain disorder. That could be, you know, Peter, thank you for your assessment, but we don't care what his problem is. It could be solved by lead, by uh, the Fugitive Enforcement Unit. He, I don't care what his mental health problem is, and I don't think you do either. This guy's a danger to society, and he needs to be taken out. Um he belongs in prison. That's where he was. He was sentenced to 75 years. I know it's a little confusing, but he was awaiting charges on other stuff. And uh, bottom line is, is that she very knowingly let him out of that uh, prison. She took him out of there and uh, she's going to have hell to pay for this. Phil, we're going to get into that because this was very obviously planned. Michael Power, she said that he had a mental evaluation, but the appointment never existed. She made it up. Michael Power, exactly. That's what I'm saying. How was she able to take this inmate to an appointment that didn't exist and by herself. You know, this little five foot five correction officer taking the six foot nine inch, 260 pound murderer 
to a, a mental health evaluation. I could give him his evaluation from here. You're nuts, all right? But uh, ridiculous. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not just trying to be funny. You got glandular problems in your. Yeah, you got glandular problems. You got big ears. But you know, all of these things are indicative indicative of you being a, a, a criminal. You know, there used to be a science. You know, where they actually used to measure the head, and they could almost determine criminality from that. I don't think it was accepted by the uh, scientific world as a uh, as as a science that they could depend on, you know, not like DNA or genealogy or anything like that. But there was once a science with that. But now when you think about it, it's, uh, uh, it's similar to facial recognition. Facial recognition uses certain algorithms, measures the distance between the eyes and the ears and all of that stuff, the shape of the head. Mm -hmm. So everything comes full circle in some way, you know. I want to play a little bit of this. This is a... Um, Another, uh, this is the, the family of the woman who he confessed to murdering, and he's going to be going on trial for this. And if he gets convicted of this, he is uh, eligible um, for the death penalty. When I'm not seeing, oh, I got to remove this. I'm not seeing the, uh, hang on a second. I have to. So he's yeah, basically he, already incarcerated on 75-year term from other things. Now he's going on trial for the murder, and he could be facing capital punishment. Correct, Billy? Yes. Yeah. So oh, it's God. like, uh, I got to get this one. I got now I'll share it. I, I, I'm forgetting my rustiness. Now I'm forgetting to hit the, the volume thing. And it, that's my, uh, coming off vacation rustiness. T white has not been seen since Friday when he was being transported for a mental health evaluation. The guard transferring him to the court broke policy by not using a second officer. Casey white and the deputy Vicki white, no relation have not been seen since. Casey serving 75 years for attempted murder, kidnapping, robbery, and burglary out of Limestone County. WVTM 13 has learned he tried to kill his ex-girlfriend in 2015. He also held two of her roommates hostage at gunpoint. Everyone made it out of that situation unhurt. White is also accused of killing someone else in 2015. And tonight, we're hearing from her family. And this is, is pretty shocking. I have to admit, but at the same time, if he doesn't happen to make it to trial, I mean, he's, he's definitely a threat to the public. WVTM's Maddie Davis with more from the family tonight as the search for Casey White becomes more and more desperate. Seven years ago, Austin Williams lost his mother, Connie Ridgway, after she was brutally stabbed in her home in Rogersville. My mother, she was just such a, a nice person, kind of everybody's friend. This is the last person you expect anything to happen to. For years, it was a cold case until 2020 when Casey White confessed to the crime. As White sat in the Lauderdale County Jail, Williams felt there was justice for his mother and awaited the day he would go on trial. Now that hope is gone after White escaped Friday morning. It's shocking and it's just like you just wonder how it's possible because, I've, you know, we really wanted it to go to trial just so that we could hear more of the story. He escaped with a corrections officer, Vicki White, who hasn't been seen or heard from since. Turn yourself in before this gets gets any worse. No one else needs to get hurt. You need to turn your turn yourself in as soon as possible. Since Vicki White had a handgun, authorities assume Casey White is armed and dangerous. Williams has a warning for everyone. Have someone like like Casey who's Six foot six, 250 pounds coming to her apartment 
and, and stab her to death. That that's the kind of person this is. This is the person you need to you need to look out for. The Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office will hold a press conference Monday morning to update on the search for Casey White. Until he is found, Williams holds on to hope for the day his mother will finally get justice. In Birmingham, Maddie Davis, W. Scary. Vet girl, uh, thank you for the 1999 Super Chat. How does a correction officer visit a correctional inmate in another prison without being vetted and noticed? Please and thank you. I, you know, vet girl, I brought that up before. When you go visit someone in a state prison, it's not just like, hey, hey I'm going to visit. Yeah, I'll you let me into this. There's a whole procedure. You got to be searched. Sure. They're going to take identification. They're going to photograph you. They may even, I don't know if they fingerprint you. I guess they probably can't fingerprint people that are visiting, but they very, uh, look, no one has a right to um, to a visitor. You know what I mean? They're, they're convicted felons. You know, that's why when they said, oh, she is make, making clandestine phone calls, there's no such thing. <laughs> a convicted inmate doesn't get private phone calls. The phone calls are recorded. Everything's recorded. The phone he answers the phone at, phone R22 in the southeast corner of the of the cell block you know what i mean that's it's recorded it's everything is known so it's sort of ridiculous that she goes and visits him in a state prison and she works as a co in a jail something's not right there that uh term by the sheriff saying it was a clandestine phone call that sounds like cya he's covering his ass uh you know because heads are going to roll based on, I'm sure there's going to be an internal investigation. Maybe a, uh, a state agency will investigate, uh, you know, uh, attorney general of that state and look into this. And there has to be safeguards put into place. That's going to prevent this from ever happening again. There should be no way that a six foot nine, 300 pound inmate is going to be escorted out of the jail, even though he's in shackles by a five foot five female corrections officer by herself. I mean, that's just ludicrous. And you saw the way she nonchalantly walked out of the prison, uh, prison with him. And, you know, she was in front of him. He could very easily have, uh, you know, uh, choked her out, taken her, her firearm and the keys and escaped that way. But obviously she was in on the plan. So, you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen when they're confronted by law enforcement whether or not they're going to give up or if they're going to be willing to go down in a blaze of glory. Who knows what um, her fate is, if she's safe at this point. I think that's uh, obviously of a concern. Uh, everyone else seems to see that. She, however, doesn't. And, uh, you know, she, she may uh, she may be in grave danger. She may not. She may have already been uh, dealt with at this point. So, uh, you know, he's got to worry about himself and he's got to worry about her as far as uh, getting out of getting out of Dodge, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a real scary situation for her. She was obviously uh, duped into this behavior and uh, it's just kind of shocking. And uh, one other thing, I think it was yesterday they issued a warrant for her arrest for permitting and aiding uh, an escape. So, you know, she's already been charged. Uh, there's a warrant for her arrest. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good at this point for her. It does not look good at all. You know, Phil, I used to say that, uh, you know, how can you date a prison inmate? If that's not the lowest hanging fruit, or consider a prison inmate that's facing life, considering that person for your lifetime mate, that's extremely low-hanging fruit, you know? And when I look at his picture, it reminds me of a saying I used to say, six foot nine, 260, he is why guns were invented. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Can, 
When you look at the Sinaev brothers from the Boston bombing, the one that survived, he's getting love letters in jail. There's people out there that uh, are trying to romanticize a convicted terrorist that's probably going to get the death penalty, but yet there's uh, women professing their love, uh, you know, offering to marry him. Uh, there's some very lonely and, and disturbed individuals in the, in the world. And I think this woman uh, happened to be a corrections officer, uh, 17 year tenure, spotless record. It's a little bit unusual uh, what they say, but again, uh, they're saying she has a spotless record. Is that CYA again? Are they covering their asses by saying that? We don't know that. Um, although there was other, uh, there was another inmate that was in that jail that was out and made a comment saying that it was very out of character for her. I did see that in one of the news articles. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's very, very strange. It's odd to think that, uh, you know, that she went along with this, that she's part of it, but, uh, the, here we have it. Those are the facts. Uh, she helped this, uh, this prisoner escape. You know, Phil, it reminds me of, uh, the escape from Danamora thing. It was actually, uh, it was from Clinton correctional facility. Yes. Yes. And these two murderers, escaped and i remember cuomo at the time was governor and i just when he went to the prison he was oh he was praising them for their escape this is right on you know if you, you hear him talk i i, I can't even imitate him anymore because i forgot what he sounds like but no, you were good that was that says, this is right out of the movies right out of television they could have never predicted this they could have never blah, blah. and then we find out some clerk in there helped them was delivering them tools hacksaws, all this type of stuff, schematics, you know, and, and I was like, this idiot's the governor, and he's praising these two murderers for escaping from prison, and one of them was shot dead by the state police, and the second one was shot twice by a state police sergeant, but they were both caught, but they were at large for, I don't know, maybe it was like uh, three to four weeks. Yeah, they they were upstate New York, and and I believe I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think one of them committed a murder. They they may have broken into a home. I remember something like that. I know that they broke into a home and they took a firearm. You know, these hunting cabins, hunting. Uh, you know, people have these homes that they uh, go to upstate New York. I'm not sure if that's the case. If there was a murder involved, but again, like you said, they were hunted down like dogs. They wound up shooting it out with the police. And I guess, listen, at that point, they're going back to jail probably forever. And, uh, you know, so they have nothing to lose. And I'm just afraid that that's what's going to be the situation in this case. I, I just, you know, hope and pray that the uh, that the agents that, uh, you know, the, like you said, the fugitive uh, the, from the marshal service, the fugitive enforcement division, that they uh, get these guys and, they you know, that. They could get them without, uh, without you know, anybody being harmed. Even the even the the prisoner and the correction officer shouldn't be harmed. Hopefully, they'll uh, you know they'll uh, give up before it turns to uh, violence. Nancy L. Davis. Sorry to say, but odds are this criminal man probably murdered the female officer just as soon as he no longer needed her. Said to say the least. Nancy L. Davis. I agree with you hundred percent. But right now, we don't know. If that has happened, because they haven't been found yet, they will be found. They oh, will be sure. found. Trust me. One of the things you know is about criminals, they're not smart. You know what I mean? They're, they, you know, everyone says, oh, my God, they're so smart. No, they're not smart. Chance sometimes is an ally, you know, and sometimes you're just lucky, you know, and, you know, I'm not saying anyone's on their side, but obviously you're so right. Once he doesn't need uh, Miss Vicky, he's just going to dispose of her. He murder her and do whatever he has to do, 
or if he thinks he can travel more quickly without her, he'll do that. That case you were talking about from upstate, I believe there was a woman that worked in the prison that, that befriended them and she helped them to, uh, to, you know, to, to get to escape from the jail. So, you know, uh, there, there are these uh, cunning criminals that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, their life is, is telling lies and their life is, is basically an act, but all the criminal activity they're involved in. So if you get somebody that's unsuspecting and naive, uh, somebody, you know, that, that lonely person like this woman seemed like she was lonely, either widowed or divorced, whatever the case may be, no children. And uh, she fell right into the trap. And and they were, you know, this this individual was able to, uh, you know, convince her to aid in her in his escape. And, you know, we'll take off and we'll we'll go to Mexico or whatever and we'll live life ha- happily ever after. But I think Nancy Davis makes a uh, makes a good point. There's probably a good chance that uh, he doesn't need her. It was just a ploy to get out of the uh, get out of the jail and he's going to do his own thing. And I mean, I hope and pray, I, I, even though she's, you know, criminally responsible for what she did, I hope that she doesn't get killed. But uh, again, she's probably in grave danger. Gerard, Gerard, that Danamora was close by. We had our guns ready. You know something, Gerard, Gerard? Thank God for the Second Amendment, right? That's like it. when a, a guy like this or or numerous people escape from a state prison, are you going to count on Chuck Schumer to defend your family? You know? Well, I mean, you're going to count on Cuomo, who established gun control, the SAFE Act? No. You're going to count on Smith & Wesson. Reform. Thank you, Smith & Wesson, Glock, you know, Winchester. That's who you're going to depend on, you know, the, to defend you and your family. I mean, look at this guy. You, need, you almost need an elephant gun to take that guy down, you know? Phil, let's talk about – she's had over a two-year relationship with this guy. Let's talk about possibilities, the plan. What was the plan to escape? What is the look there? It's near Alabama. They're near a body of water. Could they have jumped on a freighter, you know, to get out of the damn country? Could they have? I'm sure that that's possible. Uh, listen, it does sound like there was a pretty extensive plan because she sold her piece of property under market value, probably to attain cash because she must know that if you use credit cards, they're very traceable. Uh, she may have purchased a burner phone. We don't know about that. I'm sure that her cell phone, if she went so far as to sell a home and to buy, purchase another car, I doubt she's going to use her, uh, her current cell phone. Although you never know. Uh, what vehicle are they traveling in? We know that they recovered the orange Ford Edge. What vehicle did they transfer into? That's another question that needs to be answered. And again, if there is a cell phone tracking capability, if she has a burner phone, there is ways to track burner phones. I don't want to go too deep into that. I don't want to expose too much in the investigative side of things. But uh, if she did purchase some burner phones, there is ways to track those, even though everybody thinks that they're untraceable. Um, so I don't think that, um, uh, I think the, the major thing to capture these two is going to be, uh, the media that plastering their picture all over the place, social media, uh, cable news, uh, network news, newspapers, whatever it may be, put their pictures out as much as possible, describe them. Uh, and I'm sure the, the marshals are going to be on their trail and that vehicle, uh, that was recovered. There may be some evidence left behind. Maybe Phil, evidence- you know, I, I I know they recovered the sheriff's car. You sure they recovered that red vehicle that she had I, just? 
I watched I watched an article from earlier today, and it said that the sheriff was a little uh, disturbed the fact that uh, the uh, vehicle information had been given out, and now that vehicle was found, it was recovered, and uh, you know they're they're probably in another vehicle. So, what evidence was in that vehicle? You know, I was going to say perhaps there could be traces of hair dye uh, to change their appearance, uh, clothing changes. Uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, I, I don't know what his hair length. I mean, it didn't look like it was real long. It was pretty short. It was close crop. Maybe she cut her hair or dyed her hair. So th those are the things that are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to want to change their appearance. That's going to be pretty easy to, uh, you know, to come to that conclusion. So again, she's got long blonde hair. Maybe she dyes it. Maybe she cuts it and dyes it. Uh, she's going to change her, her appearance, I'm sure. Uh he has that uh, facial hair. Maybe he's going to shave that off. And it, it, when uh, she walked him out of the jail, it did look like his hair was pretty close cropped. So I don't know if he could do anything with that. But uh, yeah, but you know, you can't fix ugly. Yeah, and he's ugly. You know, <laughs> there's a good point there. And look, look, you look at his picture, his mugshot there. He does look like a very deranged individual. I mean, I know you can't judge a book by its cover, but if you look at Charles Manson. You look at any serial killer and you look at this guy, you could see the evil in his eyes. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for her that she didn't see it. So, uh, listen, it's going to play out. I'm sure that they're, as, they're hot on Phil, I, I said, he's the reason that guns were invented, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah. he's a dangerous guy. One of the things that I would look at as an investigator, A, I want to be all over her computer, her computer at home and her computer oh. at work. I yeah. want to be all over her bank records. I want to see how much they have to be relying on cash because, you know, obviously once you use a card, it can be tracked as to where you used it. So she must have removed a lot of money in cash. You know, I want to look at our whole history. Does her family own property anywhere else? Where are her relatives? Where are this moron's relatives? You know, all of those things, because when people go on the run, they start looking for friends. And yeah. look, this guy's been in prison. Maybe he also has some prison friends that he can call. You're right. Burner phones are, are important because that's the only way they can communicate or else law enforcement will be all over them. Trust me, law enforcement is going to catch these two. And again, it's not going to be a happy ending. It's going to be a very sad ending. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be very sad for Miss Vicky first. I you know, uh, after 9-11, post 9-11, Billy, a lot of hotels, almost all, I'm, I'm sure maybe some of the smaller flea bag type hotels may not follow this policy. But if you check into a hotel, you're supposed to provide a credit card and a driver's license or some type of identification, even if you're going to pay cash. They, they, they want to know who it is that's checking in. And, you know, of course, terrorists might follow that, you know, same, same tr trick to try and, well, I'll pay cash for the room and stuff like that. So even with a lot of cash, she needs some kind of identification if they're going to jump from hotel to hotel. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe they're sleeping in a car or some type of a, a van or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if they have uh, familiarity with you know, the, the, the great outdoors, if they're doing uh, that type of stuff, camping. But uh, again, uh, you're not going to be able to go into a, a Comfort Inn or a Best Western or whatever it is. She can go to a Motel 6. Just look, we'll keep the light on for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need the point is you need an identification and you need a credit card. Even you could put up five hundred dollars. They still want that card to match the person that 
that is uh, is registering, you know. So that's really something that Homeland Security came down with after 9-11. So, uh, again, love I, wins. I love the comment. Convicted murderer, psychopathic, ultra high level, distorted, narcissistic, miscreant. Wow. Glad I went to college to read all those big words. Manipulated female guards, weakness, disjointed divorce, vulnerable mental health. I That's surmise. a good summation, I would say, Bill, wouldn't you? Love wins. I think I love your comment. Unfortunately, I don't care about any of those things. She's a sworn officer. She's not supposed to fall for this shit. And she just put herself, uh, just destroyed her life. Just oh, totally absolutely. destroyed her. Uh, someone else just put up there that she, her house was worth 200000 and she sold it for ninety five. Yeah. You know, like, is this guy, what, what does this guy have that she would do that? I mean, it's. He's a prisoner. He's an inmate. He's a criminal. He's, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like, talk, you know, when, as I said before, I'm not, sometimes I'm trying to be funny. Right now, I'm not trying to be funny. That's, he is the definition of low hanging fruit. You don't get any more low hanging than this guy, you know? A absolutely, Billy. And again, what was her personality like? She may have been uh, mentally abused in previous relationships. She could have had very low self-esteem. This guy put her up on a pedestal, told her how beautiful she was, uh, how, how the world was really not fair that she, you know, didn't have uh, a man in her life or a lover. And uh, again, you can see how someone that's vulnerable could be talked into that, uh, uh, a situation like that. I'm not saying it's easily talked into helping a convicted felon 75 years, a, a, a high security inmate to escape from jail. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, convincing has to go behind that, but uh, you could see how a person could fall into that type of relationship. But then to go to the point where now you're going to cross the line, you're going to break the law, you're going to aid in an escape, you're going to provide uh, transportation for a, a convicted felon to escape from a jail. That's really, really crossing the line. Alicia McKay, Vicky was also a widow. She lost her husband. Is that January 2011? I can't you just put January 2001. I don't know what date that's supposed to be. Um, I understand all of that. I understand the human condition, but you also have to understand what she did to her life by doing this. Jimmy Calandra is in the chat. Bill and Phil, I hope all is well with you both. Respect and love. Jimmy, same. Jimmy, same right man. back. Jimmy, thank you so much. Great to see you. You guys haven't seen Jimmy Calandra's show, the Beth Beth Avenue Kids, right? Beth Avenue Beth, Boys. Beth Avenue Story. Beth Avenue Story. I keep saying boys, kids. It's like the what you know, it's like the West Side Kids or whatever it was. Well, anyway, he, he did he did say Beth Avenue Crew. He had it a little different, but you see right there, Jimmy Calandra, a Beth Avenue Story. He's got a very popular podcast. His uh, audience is growing and very interesting stuff. Guys, that's what I was going to say. If you if you haven't checked him out, check him out. He's a good friend of ours, Absolutely. and he's helped us out a lot. And uh, we help. Uh, he's one of the people we will recommend to cross pollinate. That's for sure. Good guy. Absolutely. Um, Folks, thank you so much. I, you know, I didn't know if we would get this many people in the chat. This is obviously a trending case. Have a lot of interest in this. This is the first show we've done in like a week. As you guys, if you guys were watching, I've been in uh, Florida. I was in uh, Isla Morada with my kids, and uh, it, it, we had a great time. But um, I'm Bill, back. I saw and, a comment in there. I just wanted to make a quick comment. I saw a comment, and it said, "If uh, he commits a murder." During the escape, could she be charged with murder? And the answer is yes. If she's part of, uh, there's a thing called felony murder. If you, uh, you're well, acting in concert, absolutely. Yeah, acting in concert. So if she's with him and he commits a murder, she could be charged with the murder as well. And uh, she's going to have a long prison stay if she is found alive and, and arrested. 
it's the whole thing with uh, it's almost like what's known as facilitation. If you can facilitate someone else and help them doing a crime, you're just as guilty as the person uh, that committed. Let's take a, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. This is a fascinating, fascinating case. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not the only experienced trial attorney. He's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of defense. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. John Beatty Law, www.jbeattylaw.com. John Beatty is a renowned personal injury attorney. He's also retired as a decorated NYPD sergeant. For over 15 years, John has litigated some of the largest accident and malpractice cases and verdict settlements in the country. John comes from a proud NYPD and FDNY family. He was an active sergeant in Brooklyn North and supervised in the legal bureau. John is a proud member of the Honor Legion and the Blue Knights. John Beatty litigates across the country seriously injured victims and has helped recover over $200 million for grieving families. Call John now for a free consultation. John Beatty, 917-797-9520. Folks, one of the most important things about this case is how law enforcement uses the media. And this is one of those cases that they really have to play the media like a violin because they need the media. They need to keep this case out there. They need the public. Anyone spots this guy. I mean, I'm sure uh, in this area, everyone's seeing a six foot nine inch guy. You know, you you never see anyone that's six foot nine till you till you're looking for someone. Then every other guy is six foot nine for some reason. <laughs> you know. Well, I got to tell you a quick story. I had a guy that was wanted on a check fraud case, and he was six foot ten inches tall. And uh, I had put a wanted card in on the guy. I had trouble getting the guy. He moved three or four times. And, you know, we, uh, we, we, we went to his house the first day looking for him and he wouldn't open the door and we didn't have a warrant. We couldn't break the door down. Long story short, about uh, a month after I put the wanted card in, I was out on a Saturday morning and I stopped for a red light. We had gone to get coffee and all the people were crossing in the crosswalk. And there was this one head that was sticking up above all of the other heads. And I was with my, my partner at the time, Steve Greco. And I said, that's him. And we jumped out. We grabbed me, denied who he was. He had fake ID on him, but you couldn't miss the guy. He was six foot, 10 inches tall. This guy's six foot nine. It's a very uh, menacing individual, easy to spot. So again, we made the point, uh, you know, we have 500 people in the chat. Uh, how many thousands of people are going to watch this? You never know. Somebody that's uh, watching this or they see the picture and we're talking about his height and her, you know, she's only five foot five. You may be able to call in a tip. So again, make note of that. Make a mental note. If you see somebody that's towering over everyone else, take a second look, see if you could notice the, uh, the tattoo. I believe it's on his right arm. It's a full sleeve tattoo. And again, don't uh, approach or anything like that. Just call it into 911. Let the authorities handle it. Uh, and hopefully uh, this guy could be brought to justice. And unfortunately, uh, this uh, woman, Vicky, one of the people put in the chat that Sandra, she says, hey, Vicky, call Joe Murray ASAP. That might be a good <laughs> idea. Uh, if, call, get Throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Get away from this guy. Go call it in. Have him, you know, captured. And uh, maybe you got a shot at the light of day someday, but you're going to do some jail time for sure. You know, even maybe she could, you're right, she could come to her senses and just book out on him, you know, because. Uh, this was a bad mistake she made. Okie dokie. 
Well, until the card description was released prematurely, you know, okie dokie, that's a double-edged sword. Because do you want just the eyes of law enforcement or you want everyone's eyes looking for that card? I, I, I don't disagree with the release. I don't either. I, yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, yeah. that uh, the Alabama sheriff who was not giving me great confidence in his abilities to catch anyone, uh, he was he was a little perturbed at that it was pre- prematurely, prematurely released to who? The media? As I said, the more eyes out there looking for that car, the better off. So now they get rid of it. Now they got to get another car. Right. You're, you're making them desperate. You're making, they're going to make a mistake. They're going to go out and try and get another car. Maybe they'll walk into a used car dealer and try and buy a car or something like that. Whatever it is, hopefully they won't hurt anybody else. That's that's what we really got to hope for. That no one gets hurt in this thing. But the fact that they had to switch cars now, you you know, you're, you're making them desperate. You're shaking them up a little bit. You're putting their backs to the wall. Uh, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to leave a trail and they're going to be captured. So I have no problem with that. I think that should have been done immediately. If they knew about that orange Ford edge, they should have released that immediately. I think it was released pretty quickly. He might've been perturbed about it, but again, uh, again, he's in CYA mode. He's trying to cover his ass. He knows that he's got egg on his face. This is a situation where people screwed up. They allowed this, uh, this correction officer to be alone with this guy, you know, visits, telephone calls, whatever it is. So he's looking to cover his ass. But I think uh, maybe state police or whoever it was said, no, no, let's get it out there. Again, Billy, great point. Uh, this is one of the times when the media is a very important tool for the, uh, you know, for justice to be uh, executed on these two people that, uh, you know, that they're found and brought to justice. Fiber Floozy Crafts, thank you for the 199 Super Chat. And you're very welcome for the coverage. We're um, very happy to do it. We've been on searches like this ourselves. We've gone after cop killers. We've gone after uh, uh, real high-level dangerous murderers. So we know what this is like. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we going after some of these people, we were tremendously outgunned. That's why you want the fugitive enforcement uh, team with you because those guys have those AR. What is what are those little uh, machine pistols they carry? AR-5s or I forget. MP5, MP5. MP5s, I mean. MP5 is a machine gun that holds nine millimeter rounds. It's kind of versatile gun. I love the MP5. I think it's a great firearm. However, AR-15, it's a much bigger round. It's It's got the velocity. It'll go through a lot of things that a nine millimeter round won't uh, go through. And, uh, you know, with the bullet resistant, vet, uh, you know, bullet resistant vests, and shields and stuff like that. An AR-15 will penetrate stuff like that. So again, that's a great uh, firearm. The MP5 is great for close contact combat. And uh, you know, either way, uh, they're they're uh, armed and dangerous. And you know, Billy, one quick thing I just wanted to bring up: we did a lot of domestic violence cases recently. This guy sounds like a classic domestic violence character. Uh, narcissistic behavior. He uh, beat up his girlfriend. He threatened her. He went to jail for it, kidnapping, burglary, all that stuff. So again, you know, you're 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 talking about someone that is a possible, more than likely a domestic violence abuser. And he's great at conning a woman. And that's what it seems like he did here. So we're right in the same uh, category that we've been in over the last few weeks with the Cassie Carley case, the Naomi Arian case. Uh, There was the woman that was killed out in Queens. I I forget her name. I uh, oh, Sawyer Gall. Yeah, Gall case. Yeah. So again, these these all come. I don't know why it seems like they're coming in spurts to, together. This is obviously falls into the same lane as a domestic violence case. Uh, he's a domestic violence abuser. So 
again, you know, some of the bullet points that one of these papers put, uh, Vicki White had clandestine chats with confessed killer Casey White. The county jail guard first met him at his arraignment on murder charges in 2020. So an over two-year uh, relationship. Uh, but he did not come to her jail until February. They escaped together on Friday. I love this. A body language expert says Vicki White's confident stride proves she had planned Friday's jailbreak. Why do why do body language people make the shit up to fit their you know their profession, which is which is ridiculous when you think of it, right? Her gait indicated they should, well, you just shut up. Tell Go me on that fill with that nonsense. She, before you know she I mean? goes on the run with the guy. Tell me before, not after. Yeah, it's easy. The way to she that. walked, we could tell she had already made the decision to escape with him. I said, tell that to Doctor Phil with his fifty thousand dollar watch. You know. Um, her, her waddling gait shows she was rough around the edges, but confident about their escape. How did they deduct that out of all the all, all of this stuff? You know, if how I had to guess, if I had to put a profile on her, she's going to be a person of very low self-esteem. It sounds like to me. Uh, again, I, I painted a picture of someone who's lonely, divorced, widowed, whatever the case may be. No children. Uh, th this is going to be one of those cases where uh, she was duped into it. Uh, maybe you, you throw a little bit of the uh, the syndrome that that occurs when when a kidnap when a person uh, takes takes uh so, you know kidnap someone stockholm syndrome maybe there's a little bit of that but again you put all the components together if i had to put a profile on it i think she's going to be a low self-esteem lonely person if 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 you you look at her absolutely head. marlene barone i was just getting to that also other men incarcerated spoke on how he got special treatment extra food etc they knew for a while that these two were close That's in whatever kind true. of relationship he yeah. got an extra biscuit <laughs> <laughs> That's why he grew to six foot nine inches tall. You know, yeah. he was uh, like, oh, uh, Vicky and Casey, feet. who are not related, were seeing each other while he languished in Lauderdale County Jail, awaiting trial. Inmates told cops, "Oh, he was languishing. No, he was he was sentenced to state prison. He was just being held in the jail for a little bit, and he was getting all those extra biscuits." I just, uh, I'm so appalled at that. You know, uh, corrections has something called. Um, I don't know if it's internal affairs. They have an inspector general. IJ, yeah. Who, yeah, who's supposed to investigate um, correctional officers. But I don't know um, how much. Look, she got away with a lot of things. I mean, the procedure was just obliterated. There were, they weren't, she did not follow procedure whatsoever. And how much do they, do they um, go after them for things like that? Look how dangerous this situation she made by taking this six foot nine inch, 260 pounds, some say weighs as much as 300, murderer out for a little stroll, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's not a lightweight. You know, Billy, I'm noticing we got almost 600 people in the chat. So I'm going to appeal to the chat and, and come up with some good questions. Let's get some good questions and try and put out some good uh, responses. You and I, uh, from our expertise, we might be able to answer some of the questions. Uh, didn't remember. Yeah, I see Girl Friday. Why didn't they reprimand or reassign her to another jail? That's a great question. And again, I think they're going into CYA mode now. There's going to be some changes in that jail system, I'm sure. When their inspector general gets through with them, there's going to be some heads rolling for sure. But, you know, Phil, she was somewhat of a boss. So she was a supervisor. Yeah. So she like was like, who was, who was supervising her? You know, I just want to make a comment to this guy. Jack Cole, I see this uh, 
Have him um, send me an email, policeoffthecuff, number one at gmail.com. I can't really uh, respond to this in the chat, but have uh, him send me an email, policeoffthecuff, the number one at gmail.com. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we're always looking for good guests, but we do get a lot of requests, and uh, I just you just have to understand it. But thank you so much for asking that. Uh, I can't read your two... Two, two in the night owl. Didn't the supervisor or someone a high rank say, wait a minute, you can't do this alone? She had to know uh, that if a 17. Yeah, I mean, she, she made the decision she on got- it. I read that she made the decision on it, that she sent two other deputies out with another prisoner and another two with another prisoner. And then she made the decision on her own as opposed to waiting for someone else to come back. That's what I read just before we went on the air. So, again, like you said, she may have been a supervisor. Sounds like she made that decision. You know something? Look, there's there's lax procedures in every organization. There can be lax procedures on the police department. There can be lax procedures in corrections. But procedures are written and followed because they can actually save your life. And I spoke before about how two officers, two detectives, actually, I think it was in the 1990s. And I don't remember their names, and I apologize, and I don't mean at all to disparage them. But they, they were, they, shot they were to death. from the NYPD, but I believe they were working in the in the Queens District Attorney's Office. They were transporting right, and they, on the Grand court. Central Parkway, they were both executed. They did a takeout from, order on them, yes, and they were they were uh, yeah they were executed. So those procedures, you know, we can we can laugh. You know, Phil and I will see police departments from other jurisdictions having perps cuffed in the front, and whenever I see that, I am just horrified by it. Because someone cuffed in the front can do lots of damage. Someone cuffed in the back can do damage. So just think about how much someone who's front cuffed can do. They can swing their arms. They can use their hands. So it's really, uh, really sort of scary. Michelle Bollard, thank you so much for the 399 Super Chat. Very much appreciated. All you guys that are in the chat, thank you so much. If you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff, please go on our YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. I just told everybody, for some reason, they're taking us off Facebook, and not just us. They're not allowing podcasts on Facebook anymore. So if you were watching us on Facebook, you got to just get used to watching us on YouTube. Maybe that it's a blessing. Zuckerberg, that nonsense. That yeah, maybe happen. it's a blessing in disguise. More yeah, you guys will join us on. Uh, you hey, know. hey, Bill, you know, I'm just thinking about it. How many times have you seen in your career, maybe not to you personally or even to me personally, but uh, guys who are rear cuffed, especially if they're uh, skinny and lanky, tall and lanky, they get those cuffs right out from under them. Now that now they, they have cuffs with uh, with uh you know in front of them they could put that around an officer's throat and choke them out very easily and uh that happens quite frequently a lot of escapes usually they you know they either uncuff themselves or they get loose from the cuffs or they bring the cuffs from under their feet and they bring the cuffs to the front so that's a very dangerous thing however like you said our protocols were you're transporting a prisoner you sit in the back with him so if he starts fidgeting around someone's there to spot it i mean if you're driving and you're looking forward you're not going to see what he's doing he can very easily in a snap, uh, take control of the, uh, of the vehicle. And, you know, things could get really crazy. Well, you know, these prison in- inmates, they have all kinds of time to practice shit. Sure. You know? They can practice getting the cuffs from the rear to the front. What that entails is long arms and to get it past your butt. And then once you get past your butt, it's and, and if yeah. you're at all flexible, yeah. you can do that pretty easily. Sometimes we have women that had such thin wrists, we couldn't even put cuffs on them because they could just escape from the handcuffs, you know? 
Yeah, somebody wrote in the uh, chat, Rosie Four Rivets, his cuffs have a chain to his feet. Yes, of course. Uh, the, the, he was shackled. He was with uh, shackles on his feet as well. But if she's in on it, a uh, couple of minutes, she's uncuffing him. You know, she's got the key and she's letting him loose. So, yeah, that is a good point. But uh, if there was somebody else with her that wasn't in on the, uh, in the this escape, there would have been, uh, you know, there would have been a different story. I mean, they would have had a you know, overpower that person and then try to make the escape. You know, folks, one of the things that you learn also as a police officer, and there were like to totally not just unwritten rules, but well, it's sort of unwritten, but I think it's probably written somewhere in a patrol guide. You don't date inmates. So if you lock someone up and you all of a sudden establish a relationship with them when during the arrest processing, it is totally 1000% unprofessional if you would ever call that person outside you should never call them again outside of the investigation if the district attorney wants to speak with that person's attorney but you should have nothing to do with that person that could totally destroy the case and it could totally destroy you as an officer absolutely billy and i think it's unethical like you said uh i mean I, i've heard of stories where uh cops arrested uh, an individual and then wound up later dating them most of the time that blows up so oh, most uh, of the time it becomes a disaster, a total yeah, disaster. Of course, of course. So uh, somebody might be looking for uh, a favor down the line, you know, we're dating, you know, can't you help me with this or that? So it's it's unethical for a reason. One of the uh, people in the chat here, Wishbone Fishing, questioned, did the new car she bought have a tracker or was there a burner phone? We talked about the burner phone earlier. Uh, we would think that that's what they might be using. They are somewhat traceable. And again, the tracker, uh, as far as the other car, uh, they already looks like they've already dumped that car in there into some other type of vehicle, some other means of transportation. I did see that right before we went on the air. So um, there are cars with trackers. Obviously, that would have been an easy way to find her. But I think they did dump that car. So that's the answer to that question. Uh to Tony, oh, I'm sorry, Tony the Night Owl. Uh, now I got you. Your, I, I couldn't see all those letters so close together I, and no spaces. Uh, yes, high school teachers can't date students, but we know it's happened. Look, yes. I taught college for 10 and a half years. And uh, I'll just put it, many, many students came on to me and I totally, in fact, at one time I had to make a police report to back away from it because that's Whoa, disastrous. I actually did. I, and here I am. I was in my fifties. The girl was 19 and I, it was almost like stalking me. And I was like, Oh my God. But you know, the police department, I had to cover myself and I said, look, this is what's happening. And I just want to make sure that uh, if any allegations are made, I'm not, you know, and I, I actually had to go to a duty captain to have it investigated. Really? And, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, if you value your job, that type of thing can be a disaster. And look, this is even worse. Corrections. She's dating uh, a guy potentially going to could be eligible for the death penalty. That's low hanging fruit. I would say there's no other there's no lower hanging fruit than that. Absolutely. Not uh, not too bright on her part. But uh, Billy, you made a really good point just there. You kept your professionalism. Whoever this uh, misguided student was, 19 years old, had uh, you know other things on her mind, but you handled it in the right way. Uh, it got to a point where you had to make a police report. And uh, again, in this situation, if 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 an uh, inmate starts to come on to an officer, I'm sure that could be logged in somewhere. And if it continues, then you know they can they can make note of it. And it's probably something that would be, you know, uh, 
up his amount of security that he's trying to be too friendly with corrections officers. So those are things that uh, would be uh, would be noted. Uh, again, you know, uh, when you make uh, violations in prison, you lose, uh, you know, you, you might lose phone privilege, you might lose uh, yard privilege, or, you know, uh, you may be in solitary confinement, whatever it may be. So there is a system in place to monitor prisoners, their activities. Uh, I think in a high, uh, a maximum security <laughs> prison that all of his calls were being uh, recorded. So if she was making calls to him, they should have been monitored and there should have been, uh, you know, there had to be some talk of something in there, even if it was romantic talk. Uh, again, she's a corrections officer in another jail. So uh, really a uh, red flag. If Phil, I, they I are, they it. are monitored. They are recorded everything about a prison phone call. There is no privacy, you know, so, and the inmates know this and anyone, she's a correction officer. She has to know that it's being monitored. And how, when she went to visit him in state prison, did she use a different name? Did they accept fake ID? I mean, just think of that's criminal too. Uh, Sons of Italy, uh, I heard he didn't have shackles. Just no, he actually did, uh, Sons of Italy. He yeah, did have shackles on. It's clearly shown in the video. He had shackles. Sandra H., yeah, the student wanted an A. That's a, you know, if she wanted to date her 50 something plus professor to get an A, the, you know, she should have just, just done the work. And she actually was a pretty good student, but it was, uh, I had to, I reported it to the school. It was, I felt so, you know, I felt like almost nerdish, but you know, it was just very, it was a, sort of very uncomfortable, you know. Uh, Billy, uh, one of the people in the chat, Michael Roth says, what kind of time is she looking at? Now, again, uh, that's really hard to say, but she's looking at a substantial amount of time now at this point. Now we don't know what other criminal activity they may be committing crimes out uh, wherever they are. So again, uh, I'll fill the woman in the Danamora thing. I think she got six years. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a, a fair amount of time. Uh, again, you know, maybe in, in that state, it's going to be a, a harsher penalty. Of course, the fact that she's a correction officer, she, if he does, uh, maybe if he, if he harms somebody, uh, during his, uh, you know, his capture, if he, uh, God forbid, hurts uh, a police officer or one of the marshals, then obviously uh, the penalty is going to be more severe. But if she was to turn herself in right now, I think she'd be looking at a few years in jail and be able to, you know, uh, salvage some some of her life and see the light of day. That's a good question. Rosie for rivets. Someone in another chat said she should have tried online dating. I guess yeah, she tried absolutely. she tried cell block dating. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good idea. Girl Friday, good call at Bill Cannon. Thank you, Patty Banks. It was a new bill. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, I was a younger, much younger bill then, but not 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 young enough to, you know, it was it was crazy. Just put it that way. You don't know how embarrassing it was for me. Uh, I had to go to my job and report that a 19-year-old girl is is basically stalking me. And just to cover myself, because you know the police department, so, were you retired or you were active? No, no, no. I was on the job. I was, oh, you were still I, active. Okay. Yeah, I was still active. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I told my wife too. I, I was like, listen, there's this 19-year-old girl who sits in the front row of my class with Google eyes. And she, when I got out of class, she said, Professor, why don't you come to Yonkers and meet me? And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, why don't we start going out? I said, listen, that ain't going to happen. I told her right out. But she, I stupidly, here I am confessing to all this shit. Stupidly, I'd given my class my cell phone number if they needed to reach me for ask whatever, and she 
took advantage of it and was calling me like, and I was like, and then and all, right away, people pointed the finger at me. Why'd you give them the number? I said, we were told to do that by our you gave it to all your students. Not yeah, just yeah. Them. It wasn't a selective. You know, there's an episode of Modern Family with a similar, very similar story where, where Phil, who plays the real estate uh, agent, he goes and teaches a class and there's a girl sitting in the front row with Google eyes and she winds up trying to, yeah, she tries. To well, you know, I knew she came, she came up to me in the hall and she goes, she just walked up. She goes, Professor Cannon, she goes, you're so cool. And I was like, oh, no. You know, because I was a homicide sergeant and everything. She was like, yo, yo, you were just so cool. You were like, too oh. cool for school, Bill. I was way too cool for school, I guess. Yeah. So I had to pull it back, stop being yeah. so cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it ended happily ever after. No one got in trouble and no, you know. But uh, so, you know, Phil, we're at like an hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. 702 people in the chat. There's a lot of interest in this case. I guess we have to... Uh, Cover it again. It's I know Duty Ron's been covered. I think Duty Ron did about three or four shows on this. It's very interesting. One of the things that I would I just want to point out is that, as I said early on, the Fugitive Enforcement Division is fantastic. They do this for a living. They go after these really, really dangerous guys, and they don't play. They don't play. And uh, so if I was this guy, Mr. Casey White, I would be extremely afraid of these guys because they have a believe me they're a lot more talented at their job than he is at his since he's the one in prison facing the death penalty you know so he should probably surrender but knowing the mentality of this guy he probably will not and this is not going to end uh it's not going to end nicely it's going to end tragically uh, unfortunately and most of these cases do uh if they can catch them alive, they will. But the, you got to understand, fugitive enforcement forces know the mentality of these people, and then if they got to pull the trigger first, they will do it. You know, so. Billy uh, Gerard Gerard in the chat says the woman from Danamora was allowed to keep her pension. I think that was the woman he's he's referencing that aided the escape of those two uh, inmates. Um, I don't know. She was still active when she committed this crime. They probably could terminate her before her uh, actual retirement takes effect. Uh, that's really going to be a side note. Let's get them in custody. Let's apprehend both of them. You Let's know, it's funny. It's funny that people in the chat, people in the chat are worried about this lady's pension. <laughs> you know, it's they used to have a thing on the police department where you, you could retire, but then they wouldn't uh, finalize you for, I don't know, was it 30 or 60 days? But then a lot of chiefs started getting into trouble and they let them get their pension immediately. And I guess they had to let everyone do it after that. They just, as soon as they got wind that they may be in trouble, they put their papers in and they just, but remember they used to take 60 days to fi get finalized. Yeah, yeah. 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 To get out the door, there was a, I mean, to get out the door, not to finalize, but yeah. The, 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 what do you call it? The, they do what we call a round robin on you. They check and make sure that there's not any pending, uh, you know, investigations. If you're, uh, you know, if you're not such a good police officer uh, in the NYPD, that's NYPD. That's how they did it. And then you get what's called a good guy letter. They put it in your folder, and it says that uh, you know you you uh, retired with the authority to put it police commissioner, meaning you retired in good standings. And uh, that's how you're able to uh, use it as a, uh, you know, for another job on your resume or whatever, or for firearms license, whatever it may be. So again, a lot of good questions in the chat. Hey, a lot of people in the chat. Guys, uh, thank you so much for watching today. I think this is an interesting case. It's a little different than our usual cases, but um, 
it's funny how with police work that you can use all your skills for any type of case because once you know how to investigate things, you just change the, uh, you know, you just change the investigative techniques you use. You know, and for this, it's searching. Um, it's it's searching for fugitives, and we do that all the time. So that comes underneath. And then when we can enlist great people like the fugitive enforcement team, these, this guy doesn't have a prayer. Believe me, they will catch them. And uh, Phil, last words. Last words. I'm sure that the investigation is going to be looking into friends, family members, like you said earlier in the show, Billy, with both him and her, both uh, the correction officer and the prisoner. They're going to want to go to a safe place. They're going to try and get away, uh, stand on limb. The minute that this case breaks, if something happens, Bill and I will try and get on the air with it and uh, gather some details and be able to report it to you guys. Uh, I really was uh, impressed with the amount of people we had in the chat today. I think there were some great questions. Bill, you know what it was? They missed me. That of was, course, you know, of course. Because they, they, they were seeing this picture too often. They were seeing all these Isla Morada photos. They were like, when's They were Cannon getting jealous back? that you were having a good time, Bill. <laughs> when's, when's Cannon coming back? We like, the, we like the dirty, gritty crime stuff. What the hell is he showing us vacation photos for, you know? But uh, so, guys, again, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, again, uh, if you're not subscribed, subscri subscribe to us on YouTube. And as I said, Facebook isn't going to carry our podcast anymore, our podcast period anymore. So uh, you have to join us on uh, on YouTube. So, Billy, that's Stay it. Stay safe, everybody. And let's hope that these two are captured without incident. Let's hope that everyone is safe, including them. Uh, law enforcement officers, stay safe, brothers and sisters. Get these guys without incident. Be safe, everyone. Good night. One episode, just sitting in the dark.